2: Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now here's your host, Ed Meyer.
3: And good evening to welcome to Winning Ponies. Play on, my brother, play on. I'm your host, Ed Meyer, and thanks for tuning in each and every week, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, as we talk about the of Kings. Always glad to have you on board. Thanks for tuning in. Winning Ponies continuing to roll on, and I mean rolling on indeed, exotic predictions to date, $7,212,093, all subject to change because the day of racing is not done. They've been on fire. August 21st at Delmar, little pick six, 4,411 even. If you think it's chump change, just mail it to me. Check and or money. Or you can even send a cash in the mail. You know, just put it in a card or something. Saratoga, August 22nd, a pick three. 2008-29 even. Just to mention a few. Been doing very well. And remember, Winnie Ponies is not just a radio show. It is a cool one-stop shop site for all the data needs that you'll ever want racing. It's been a little over two years. Been working with these fellows; They're pretty good guys. And I stumbled across them, kind of like what I saw, and I've been here ever since. And you've probably been hearing me ever since, reading about it ever since. We got blogs. We got some stories. We got some free selections. Kind of nice there. We're on Twitter. We have a Facebook page, winningponies.com, a one-stop shop. I think you're going to be elated once you actually dig it up. So don't delay. Dig it up. Get in the game. Remember, you can't win it unless you get in it. What's happening tonight? We're going to do a little recap. We're going to talk some biggins. Winning pony. Special guest tonight: retired rider Patty Cooksey, who once was the world's leading female rider, winner of the Mike Venezia Award to name only one. An award that exemplifies sportsmanship and citizenship. What a lady. One of the first ladies of racing. Patty Cook's going to join us. News, final furlong handicapping. whole lots of going on here at Winning Ponies. Give a shout out to Lucky. Lucky's a real horse racing fan. Got it right here. Lucky is a real horse racing fan. And probably tuned in right now wondering... When are we going to get down to some brass knuckle handicapping? That's going to be later on the show. But you're definitely going to want to tune in for Patty Cooksey. You're going to want to hear it all. So let's get started. And let's get started right now with a recap of last week. Saratoga race 10 on August 21st. The Alabama grade one, a mile and a quarter in the dirt winner. The four, and that is blind luck. Joel Rosario wins by a neck. 560 for Jerry Hollendorfer. 10th race at Mammoth Park. The Omnibus Stakes. Mile and three ace on the turf. One of the five, Toady. Alan Garcia aboard wins by a neck. Good late response. Five even for Chad Brown. Is this guy doing well or what? I, I, I'll tell you what, I have not had the pleasure of meeting Chad Brown. You know, we got to dig him up. We got to dial him up and we got to get him on. This guy's setting the world on fire. Mammoth, race 11. The Island Stakes, grade three, a mile and eight on the dirt. 300000 over grass. Winners of three, Duke of Mischief. A Barco, I guess that was me when I was a kid. Wins by two and a quarter lengths. Rallied four wide on the lane, thirty-four sixty to win for David Fox. Credible endeavor indeed. Seventh race at Arlington. Stars and Stripes at grade three. Winners of four, Memorial Maniac. James Graham had a one hell of a day on this. Wins by a neck. 1880 to win for Larry Demerite. Eighth at Arlington, the secretary to grade one. A mile and a quarter on the dirt. Winner is the one, Patty Oprato. Kent DeSormo in the Irons, winning by a length and a quarter. Patty's for real, boys and girls. Patty is for real. And if you tuned in, our man Johnny Englehart, he gave out the Irish exact at Patty O'Prado. And Wigmore Hall runs second with Jamie Spencer. Didn't pay a whole heck of a lot, nine eighty, but he gave it out just the same. I think I concur. And actually, we had the trifecta together, working for a house run third with Francisco Torres. The Patio Prado, ridden by Kent Sormo, paying three dollars. Dale Romans is the trainer. You'll hear more. On, you'll hear more on Breeders' Cup Day. That's just all I got to say. More forthcoming. Arlington Park race nine, the Beverly D, named for Mr. Dusty Waugh's late wife. Very nice race indeed. A mile and three on the turf. Winner's the six, Eclair de Lune. German bear, Junior Alvaro, between the ears, wins by a length and a half. Steady gain, taking over down the lane, 1480 to win for Ron McAnally. Ronnie McInally still in the house and still doing it well. Arlington Park race 10. The Arlington Million a Grey won a mile and a quarter on the turf. One million. Simoleons up for grabs. Winner's the two, Debussy. William Buick. Nope, not the car. William Buick, young, heady rider, wins by a half. believe I made mention of Mr. Buick not to win the race, but actually as a, as a rider to make, make notice of. He won two on Dubai Carnival Day back in March, wins by a half a length at 11-1, blocked at the quarter, surged along the rail. Gio Ponte was about, I'm going to say five wide. Look at Ramon Domingos. This is going to go right on home from there. Debussy came up. The rail. William Buick, congratulations. $24 for John Gosden, who was 0 for 7 coming in the race. Make it 1 for 8. Then we got the Delmar Oaks on the 21st. Grade 1. Mile eighth on the turf. Winner of the 4. Evening Jewel. Victor Espinosa in the Irons wins by a half. Weighted very patiently on the rail. gamely, 480 to win for... James Cassidy. And there you have it. There's a little recap action there for you. And then we're going to run down some of the biggins right here. On Friday, August 20, 140 total biggins. Calder leads the pack, 16,686.20 with a superfecta. Sweet. Sweet indeed. And talk about sweet. We have her on hold, and we're going to get to her. That's Miss Patty Cooksey. Patty, I saw your name pop up. Good evening, and thank you for... Join us. We're going to get to you here very shortly. Saturday, August 21st, 212 total biggins. Delmar leads the land. Race 10, a super high five key, $32,380.80. Hope you left the clerk a little more than 80 cents. Sunday, August 22nd, 147 total biggins. Pinnacle, Race 9, a superfecta, 4,135. 4,135.20. Not bad shooting. Monday, August 23rd, 55 total, Biggins, Fort Erie, race nine, Superfecta, 3,593 even. Tuesday, August 24th, 51 total, Biggins, Delaware Park, race nine, a Superfecta, 2,219 even. Wednesday, August 25th, 67 total, Biggins, Cinnabye, Downs, race two, Superfecta box, 4,973.60. And Thursday, August 26th, today, 32 total biggins, and the day is not over. Finger Lakes leads the pack race six, the Super Key, 4,505 even. Okay, now we had a little recap. We talked about some biggins, and I've told you about what we got going on. We've got four minutes till the break, and we got Miss Patty Cooksey on hold. She's going to be our special guest for break number two. I think you're going to enjoy that, and you're going to want to stay tuned. As Patty is a fireball, and I think you're going to enjoy that. But I ran across something in the racing forum, and I'm gonna to try to encapsulate it here. Stan Bergstein, love his articles. And he talks about third racing America is filled with fascinating stories about flamboyant people and some lost mist in the history. He came across one as he's working on a piece for the ill fated Las Vegas Park. That's right, there was a track in Las Vegas. A town built on gambling. The track was short lived, it opened for a scheduled 67-day meeting and closed six weeks later. It cost $4.5 million, about what a simulcast room would cost nowadays. It was done with Spartan furnishings, but a writer by the name of Rob Meek wrote in the Las Vegas Sun, gas was $0.21 cents a gallon, a new Plymouth 2300 and a steak dinner to Golden Nugget was $4.50. What jumped off the page was a guy by the name of Joseph N. Smoot. He was a New York promoter, skilled at making things happen with other people's money. He bummed a ride west of Vegas with a man named Hank Greenspun, who four years later founded the Las Vegas Sun. Now, Smoot's a real character. But one of the better parts is, he just wasn't a con man who didn't make things happen. 22 years before he he arrived in Vegas, he's got a track to his credit. And it was highly a park which Smoot built with money provided by a cattleman, James H. Bright, and aviation pioneer, Glenn Curtis. Yes, it had a roller coaster, high lie, a dance hall, the first greyhound track in the country, and the Miami Kennel Club. It disappeared with the devastating hurricane of 1926, but it didn't destroy Joe Smoot. He was always liking the warm climates as most con men and some grifters usually do he became an advisor to anita baldwin the daughter of perhaps the most flamboyant of all people in american racing lucky baldwin she inherited her father's love of horses easy to do with fifty thousand acres that make up most of los angeles today she built a racetrack in arcadia which her father founded she picked joe smooth to run it now after they broke dirt after they started really getting into the into the earth, she finds out that Joe was not the man that she thought he was. Now, that's probably kind words by Mr. Stanbergstein. Dr. Charles Strube stepped in, buying the rights and building the present sanity at a short distance from Joe Smoot's abandoned site. Back to New York for old Joe. And then in 46, the fateful ride of West and Hank Greenspun's convertible. It says here by Stan Bergstein, I like this part, I found no pictures of Joe Smoot. I bet you didn't. But he didn't need any. Rob Meek described him as having a two-tone shoes, a cane, and a straw hat atop his white hair. Fast talking with charm, persuasive powers, and a stunning red-headed wife half his age. He's one character I miss meeting in all these years, chasing horses. And it sounds like it was my loss. According to Stan, Smoot had the idea for an entertainment complex with a racetrack, and or racetrack with an entertainment complex 80 years before Frank Stronic. Now, I know that was a little long in the tooth, but I just wanted to let you know, there were people way back when, they were actually breaking ground with racing and, and trying to put on the complete show. Not just horses running around, not just one big race, but actually an entertainment facility. A little history lesson there for you. You can take that to the bank. That and 50 cents might buy you half a cup of coffee. Well, it is time to head up to our first break, and when we return, we're going to be talking with one of the first ladies of racing, Miss Patty Cooksey here on Winning Ponies. Bills, and it kills, and it
4: thrills Like the horns on my Silverado grill And I buy the bar double round the crown And everybody's getting down in this town Ain't never gonna be the same
0: Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're
2: off. What?
5: P.M. Eastern to the Voice America Sports Channel
1: Network. work
2: Tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back to
1: Winning
3: Ponies. Keep it rolling, Dion. I'm about ready to break into a dance. Welcome back to Winning Ponies. This is our second segment, and joining us this week is an incredible athlete, survivor, and one of the first ladies of racing, Miss Patty Cooksey. Patty, are you there? I'm still here, Ed. And you know what? And, and I'm. It sounds to me like I owe Patty a, a bucket of chicken, a dozen donuts, or whatever she prefers. <laughs> Patty, where where, will we, where would life find you this evening?
6: This evening, I'm at the World Championship Horse Show, the Saddlebird Horse Show, at the uh, Kentucky State Fair with uh, the First Lady of uh, Kentucky, Mrs. James, here, And we're going to give a trophy presentation here in a little bit, Ed.
3: Well, then, we will round it tight, and we won't hold you too, too long. But we're going to jump right into it if we can. Patty, uh, thanks for taking your time. It, it means a whole lot to us, and I know our listeners appreciate hearing from you. Where did... Where did little Patty Cooksey, P.J. Patricia, where did she begin her, her endeavors as a rider?
6: I began shovel manure at a small track in West Virginia <laughs> called uh, Waterford Park. And it was pretty much the uh, bottom of the barrel in horse racing at the time, Ed. And, uh, you know, that's where all the horses went that um, really couldn't compete at any other level. Um, but the best part about Waterford Park, it was just a, a wonderful um, place of opportunity for me because um, um, you know, I got an opportunity to ride a lot of
3: horses at the, at the racetrack when I started out. He's a bubblegum bet on this one. Who was your first winner?
6: My first winner was a horse called Turf Advisor. <laughs> and uh, I remember the, the trainer legged me up, and he told me, he said, you grab two handfuls of mane, and don't you dare fall off. <laughs>
3: And In fact, you didn't. It was home of the $1,500 claimer, and as you said, bottom of the barrel, and that's putting it kindly back in the old days. A little tougher action up there, but it took a tougher sort, and congratulations uh, on uh, Turf Advisor uh, a few moons ago. And speaking of a, well, few a lot more
6: movies. money up there, Ed. I mean, you know, like I said, I was running for like nine hundred thousand dollars pots. You know, they're running for um, a whole lot more money than I was. I'd have been retired a long time ago if I'd have been earning that kind of money.
3: <laughs> I was going to say you could have been about fifteen years in and out and, and been oh, done yeah. with it. But uh, can you believe the, how it's changed so much now with the with the casinos and, and that type of money in the purses?
6: Yeah, well, that's I mean that's what fuels the purses and that's what fuels the good horses coming in and that's what fuels the top trainers, top jockeys. And, um, you know, it's just people are going to go where the money is. I mean, that's just what uh, our society is.
3: That is that is the truth uh, in, in a nutshell, and that is the truth for every racetrack in America. Special day, May fifth, nineteen 1984, a very special Saturday in the life of Patty Cooksey. What was that day for you?
6: Oh, uh, that was my first Kentucky Derby ride. Every jockey's dream to ride the Kentucky Derby. Not the Illinois Derby, the West Virginia Derby. The Oklahoma Derby, the California Derby, the Florida Derby—every jockey wants to ride and win the Kentucky Derby, and that was such a thrill and a major, major uh, uh, milestone for me in my life.
3: Did you cry when you came out of the tunnel to my old Kentucky home?
6: Uh, you get choked up. You get—you try not to cry because you're getting ready to ride the most important race of your life, you know. But you do get choked up. Your, your throat gets kind of tight, and you're just like—you just think, "Wow, I'm I'm here." I'm here. I'm walking out through the tunnel for the Kentucky Derby. Absolutely a, the biggest
3: thrill. I don't know how you do it. I, I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm at the track, or I'm at home, and I'm watching it, and, and I get choked up, and tears roll out of my big eyes. So I don't know how you do it and keep your focus, but uh, the professionalism of the riders, because what lies ahead of them... Uh, and how they keep their focus through all the, the crowd, the hoopla, on the fun. And you were yeah. the first woman to ride in the Preakness, to win 2,000 races, uh, to win a $100,000 race in California in 83, uh, inducted in the Kentucky Athletic Hall of Fame in 2002. Many accolades. I've seen, and I remember a whole lot of them, but most importantly in the program, I've seen Patricia, Patty, and PJ. Why the changes?
6: Ah, you know, I never know what to go by. Everybody asks me, what, you know, what, what do I call you? it's like, I never know. But the reason for the PJ, let me tell you that story, Ed, is that uh, when I first came to Kentucky, uh, I came as as the leading rider at, at uh, Waterford Park. I was the leading rider, both male and female. So I, I gathered up my leading rider trophy, and I headed to Kentucky, the horse capital of the world. And I'm going to make, I'm going to apply my trade where where, you know, real racing is run. And I got here, and I struggled. I mean, nobody knew this Patricia Cooksey, nobody really these hard boots didn't want a girl on their horses and I got the old, you know, women can't ride, you know. And I was frustrated. I was like thinking I was gonna head back to Warford Park where I was a big fish in a little pond, but I'm just not that kind of person to give up. So um uh, the clerk of scales there at the uh, old Vatonia race course. He, he um you know, he kinda took a liking to me. He said to ride a few races. He said, like you don't ride a bad race, let's try something. I said, I'll do anything. I just want to ride. So he said uh, he asked me, What's your middle name? And I said, go in. He said, okay. And I was like, okay. So the next, next, uh, next day, um, the program came out, and I'm not no longer Patricia Cooksey, but I'm P.J. Cooksey. And so trainers would call in, and he would say, you know, he'd tell them, you know, the, the, his rider took another horse, and he needs a rider for his horse. And, you know, he'd go, well, we've got this uh, new rider in town, P.J. Cooksey. And, uh, you know, the trainer owner would say, well, fine, put him on. So, uh, so I had a lot of fun Ed, coming out to the paddock, and I extended my hand to the trainer, and I said, Hi there, I'm PJ Cooksey. And he started backing up like I had a disease. He said, Oh my God, you're a girl. And I'm like, Yes, sir, I've been way for 24 years. So how do you want me to ride your horse? But girl, I've never been the girl. You, it's like, you rode, well, <laughs> you rode tougher than the
3: guys, as I remember. It was, it was the cold, brutal winters of Latonia. And, and I remember you on you horseback, and you were as tough as any man out there.
6: I could whoop them all. I was only in three fights, though, Ed. I
3: was only in three fights, and I'm three and zero. So, you know, I, uh, I kind of held my own. You know what I mean? <laughs> I like I like your I like your record three and zero. And you know, I was very impressed watching you in the saddle. It was a whole lot of fun, and more importantly, I was very impressed with your, your accomplishments. But the biggest challenge and hurdle in your life was facing cancer and how you did it with courage and dignity. Uh,
6: that's the only way you can. And I mean, you know, sometimes life throws you curveballs, you know, and you just have to step up to the plate and keep swinging. And, um, you know, I mean, when I was diagnosed, I said, well, what do we do next? I mean, you know, there was no way that, you know, after riding all those years and landing on my head that uh, cancer was going to be the death of me. So, um, you know, I did what I had to do, got some good doctors, and um, i tell you what, people might think I'm crazy, but, you know, things happen in your lives for a reason, and this was one of those that you never would have thought would be a good reason, but this has been a blessing in my life, is it was, was my cancer diagnosis. I have met more wonderful people, more wonderful women. I'm on a committee with the uh, First Lady, uh, Mrs. Jane Bashir of Kentucky, called Horses and Hope, and we started from the ground up. And what we do is we do screening and education for the women on the backside of the racetracks in Kentucky. And we are now expanding to other disciplines, you know, the standard breds, um, you know, and, and uh, the non-race breeds. In Kentucky, to uh, to be able to um, help women and educate women in um, in uh, breast cancer awareness.
3: I was chatting with a family member this evening, and uh, she said, "Well, who's going to be on your radio show tonight?" And she doesn't listen and knows very little about racing. I said. But joining me tonight is probably someone that's tougher than a nickel steak, and she's a survivor just as my mother-in-law is. And, uh, and she said, well, that's so so neat, and that's cool, and how you exemplify courage. And I remember when you first came back, and, I mean, I was so excited. The look in your eye was worth the price of admission alone. Oh, my gosh,
6: that was such a thrill to be able to come back from cancer and mastectomy and chemotherapy and, you know, um, you don't think of losing your hair as a big deal until you start until it ca- starts coming out in gobs, you know, and then you're like, oh my gosh, you know, this is this is for real. So, um, um, you know, that that was that was a big milestone in my life with uh, coming back from breast cancer.
3: You you've overcome so many things, and then on the positive note here, you you've always been about promoting above and beyond. And I'm going to go with Restore the Roar facing off in a match race Chad Johnson, yeah. A.K.A. Ocho Cinco. From the Bengals at Little River Downs, where you oh uh, where you cut yeah. your teeth, and then also defeating Chris Collinsworth back in the day, I believe ninety three and these are the types of fun promotions that draws a lot of attention to racing.
6: well, you want it. you know we need, we need more people to come in for the sport you know I mean yeah there's gambling at, at thoroughbred race tracks, but it's such a great sport, and, and the horses are so majestic in this beautiful. And that's what this Horses and Hope has done. Is It's brought women to the racetrack that have never been to the racetrack before. And said, this is awesome. I'm going to come back. We need more fans. And um, as far as racing Ocho Cinco, I have never seen any man run so fast in my life. He left a windmill over there, and I couldn't catch him. I couldn't to him. He was awesome.
3: Giving you the heads, he is pretty quick. It was right before the race, and, uh, of course, you were ready in the in the paddock and such, and I talked to him, and uh, I said, what well, do you think he can win? And he looked at me with these dead eyes that, do you know how fast I am? And I'd never seen that out of, out of the wild Chad Johnson, now Ocho Cinco. But, <laughs> hey, it was a lot of fun, and uh, it was a big day at Riverdance.
6: He is fast.
3: Oh, he is. That. I'd hate to try to catch him. Uh, I'd have to shoot, be shot out of a cannon if they had one big enough. 1979, you're beginning in your career. You rack up 2,137 wins, all time leading female rider before Julie Crone overtook your mark. Are you proud to say that you opened the door for other women to take part in racing?
6: Absolutely. You know, people, people talk about the pioneer of racing, and, and, I, and I tell them that I, I'm not a pioneer. I'm really not a pioneer. I uh I like to say that I paved the trails and made them a lot smoother for the women behind me. There were women before me that really broke down the barriers and um and did the uh did the hardcore um uh work and I just kinda I, I was successful and I, I you know, kinda smoothed it out and made it a lot easier for the women behind me.
3: So, so nice it is to be able to see that that, uh, that ceiling's been broken and, and uh, you know, it, if they've got the horse, they've got the opportunity, and, and I'm always glad to see that. A couple more questions for you, Patty. I know you're on the run. You're retired from the saddle but not retired from the sport. You currently work for the Kentucky Racing Commission. That's
6: just a blessing, Ed. What a blessing to be able to still be in the industry and to still be able to promote the industry that I love so much and um, still be a part of it. I'm kind of the liaison between... The you know licensee, you know and everybody on the backside and and the racing commission commission which is the regulatory body of uh, horse racing so uh, I say what I've learned a lot that's um that's a tough job for them you know so they um um you know they uh they, they, they do a good job Kentucky does a great job
3: and in fact I've never heard a bad word uh, about you and in quite the ambassador you are just having you on board for that organization final question Patty if I may before we set you loose here. PJ Clifty, you've led, you've led an exciting professional life from atop a, a powerful thoroughbred. What advice would you give to another young rider looking to get in touch with the sport?
6: You just have to work hard. You've got to love it. You've got to have a passion for what you do. And, I mean, just having your passion, finding your passion, finding your love of, of um, what you want to do in life.
3: Well, Patty, I, I can't thank you enough, and with juggling about 10 balls right now, and you, you yep. did it with uh, such eloquent ease, and, uh, and, and I wanted to thank you. On behalf of Winning Ponies, I'd like to thank you for taking your time to be with us, and it's been a pleasure, and I look forward to seeing you on and off the track, as you're a true ambassador in every sense of the word for racing.
6: Well, thank you, Ed. I appreciate it, and believe me, it was a pleasure talking with you, and thank you so much for including me in your show and for being a part of it, and uh You know, God bless
3: you, and God bless uh, what you guys do, okay? Bless you, Patty. Thanks so much, and uh, go have fun now. All right, time to head out to a break. Hope you caught that. Patty Cooksey, quite a fireball, and uh, boy, was she tough in the saddle. Time to head out to a break, and we return. We're going to be talking some news from the world of racing and final furlong handicapping here on Winning Ponies.
0: The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They a
1: ass and then move oh, on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. crazy. <laughs>
0: NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. we ain't
1: playing around here.
0: Voice America Sports. And they're
2: off. What?
0: The Sports Mavericks Show redefines the elite athlete by bridging the gap between parents, athletes, and the community. Host Ida Moye, a.k.a. the Oprah of sports, brings to the Voice America Network original programming, balancing the pursuit of academic excellence and sports participation. The Sports Mavericks Show airs every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Voice America Sports Channel. No doubt about.
1: Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
2: Tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll free at 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or you can send an email to Ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer.
3: And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, and thank you for taking your time each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, as we talk about the sport of kings. Hope you caught Patty Cooksey. Always has some interesting guests on, no matter who. But Patty, once upon a time leading lady rider before she was overtaken by Julie Crone, you know, she really didn't probe into that too deeply. She was proud of what she did. And, <laughs> man, I'm telling you. I had the first row seat to actually watch her do her duty, apply her trade, and ride with the best of them because she rode at Little Latonia in northern Kentucky. And I was um, a little younger than she is, just just a few years. And uh, I'll tell you what, she was about as tough as a cop. I mean, she backed down from no one. And there's even a little story about, a, about one of the racing officials at a local racetrack who used to kind of box her in kind of come over, weave in and out, box her in a little bit. And one day in in jockey parlance, uh, she dumped him, kind of give him a little nudge, a little Ruski. He flopped off and, uh, you know, came up a little bruised and a little road rash. And uh, she, uh, she had some kind words to say about him. Do it again, and you'll uh, basically get that again. But uh, Patty was one that stuck up for what she believed in, and she went very far in the game. Pleasure to have had her on. Hope you caught it. If not, grab it on podcast. And as always on winningponies.com, it's just not a radio show. It is a full-service data provider. Go to winningponies.com. You can get it on Twitter and have a Facebook site. Got powerful blogs, free selections, one-stop shop. Winningponies.com. Little news from around the world of racing. My man Dick Girardi. I had a chance to speak to him in radio over the years. On Here Once. Now here's one I was I was kinda of reading. It was in the Daily Racing Forum. He writes for the Philadelphia Inquirer. Dick Girardi, uh, near missus failed to impress partners. And I'm not gonna just read it verbatim, but I'm gonna tell you a little bit about it. Girardi is uh he's one of the he's one of the types that when he goes to the track or Saratoga on this day, uh you know, there was a group of, of some folks that wanted him to go, and they, they pulled their cash. He was going to be their wagering guru. Okay, and uh, so he did very well. and did very well. Everybody turned a profit. Well, they go back the next year. And as we all know in racing, he wasn't able to turn a profit, came very close, some real close near misses, but they left with no money. Like everybody else, they didn't care about the high, the how, the when, only about what the hell happened to the money. So, the Dick Girardi words of wisdom, near misses, fail to impress business partners. Wrote a little blog about it, about crybabies. People that, people that actually think that gambling is just a giant ATM. Always catch his articles if you can. Trainer Linda Rice wins named race at her at Saratoga. Linda Rice so apparently won Friday's first race at Saratoga, the five-and-a-half furlong turf sprint, which she's the queen of. A salute to Linda Rice. It was called a part of the festivities honoring last year's leading Saratoga. First female to ever win a training title in a major race meet. She wins the race. And percentage of the proceeds go to the Days of Insta Breast Cancer Research. Flattered and honored, she said, 46 of years of young age. Linda Rice, doing it well. Speaking of is doing it well, we got a guy on hold,
4: the Cincinnati
3: Kid. Kid, are you there? Hey, Andy, what's happening? What do you know, brother?
4: Man, I can't call it. I'm hoping they've got, got a couple winners for you, though.
3: You know, I like when you say things like that, kid, because I, I, I'm looking at the money here
4: in my pocket, I'm thinking,
3: I'd like to double or triple this, and I'm waiting on the kid to call, and uh, it's always good. Did you catch any part of Patty Cooksey?
4: Yeah, she's always been real good, always a good interview, always good for racing. We need more people like her to step forward in the game. I'll
3: tell you what, those words are just golden. We need more people like Patty Cooksey that uh, that, are, that are well-spoken and really care we, we have we have quite a few who can always use more, just like in any sport. But Patty Cooksey, what a gem. And I'll tell you what, I, I really enjoyed that. That was cool. Kid, without any further ado, step up to the microphone, my son, and lead us on.
4: Okay, we're going to start Saturday at Thistledowns, race 10, the Road de Barlow Memorial. I kind of went chalky here, but I had to take the seven, pay the man, Ricardo Feliciano, for his uncle, Miguel Feliciano. This mare is just... Ultra consistent, especially over the Thistle Downs Oval. 14 starts there, 11 wins, 3 seconds, over $436,000 in the bankroll just from little old Thistle Downs alone. She got ran out of the money pretty well at Mountaineer, but that was against Open Company. She returns to state bread, going two turns, which seems to be her best. As you see from the racing form, she is eight for eight in the money at this distance. I just love Pay the Man. Eight to five might be too good of a price on her, actually.
3: I was gonna say eight to five on Pay the Man might be a real gem. The Felicianos, uh, you're not gonna see him in Grade One uh, company, but you're gonna see them in fifty and hundred thousand dollar races. Right. And every time these guys ship in, they usually walk away with a trophy, getting their picture taken. And if not, they're right in, right on the money.
4: Yes, sir. You got that right. So I I,
3: I, I concur. If I can get 8-5, to five, kid, uh, I call that a victory.
4: <laughs> yes, sir. So
3: okay. we're going to start off with pay the man, and hopefully we both get paid on that one.
4: And where do we go from there? Well, since I gave you a chalk, I'm going to give you a bit of a long shot. In the All 11th right. race at Riverdown, I took the one rambling Mike in this race. Edgar Powkar for Jake Redosovic. I've been watching horses shipping back to from Prescott off of the tapita up there on the conventional dirt, they seem to be hitting at a really nice number. This horse is one for one in the money over the river oval. Really likes his six for a long distance. Six of his eight wins are here. And Radosevich, he doesn't come down here to Cincinnati very often, so he must have his eye on this prize right here.
3: I like the sound of that. When you when you get out of town, uh, folks, they target you know the smaller ovals. They're coming down for the money and the honey. They're not coming down for the ice cream, are they?
4: No, sir, they're definitely not coming down here for the Montgomery Inn, either.
3: (laughs) You got that right. Okay, so we got two. Can we pull a hat trick, or or can we empty
4: empty your barrel? I'm going to try to give you the winner of the Travers on Saturday, race 12, at Saratoga, I kind of like the two-trap shot here. Alan Garcia for Karen McLaughlin ran a decent second last out, in the Haskell behind looking at Lucky. Nobody was getting to him that day. But before that, it reeled off four straight impressive victories here. I think this one likes the distance, should like Saratoga. Alan Garcia's been riding pretty well up there this meet. Let's look for this one at a decent price, of 4-1, to one actually. You can get that. That's a real good price.
3: I concur. It's a million-dollar guaranteed pick four, and all stakes pick four, Mm -hmm. races 9 through 12. And I have to ask you, in the Haskell, the grade one Haskell, uh, it looked like he waited just a wee bit too long, because I love looking at Lucky, I bet looking at Lucky, but I also have the exact there. It looked like once he actually accelerated right towards the end, I mean, he had more gas in the
4: tank. He put in a nice kick there, so I think the added distance in this spot should really help him. I think if Garcia gets him going, he could definitely run by this bunch.
3: I concur completely there. So we got three for me, kid. Did we
4: tap you out? Yeah, that's it for this week.
3: (laughs) Cincinnati kid, a.k.a. the Cincinnati kid, James Williams, and a good friend of mine and racing. James, thanks for the call.
4: Thanks a lot, Eddie.
3: I really appreciate it. Thank you, kid. Alrighty, he's talking about the Travers. How about a look at where some past Travers champions are now? 2009 Summerbird, Enter Stud, in Paul's Mill, Versailles, Kentucky. 2008 Colonel John, just completed first season of stud at Windstar in Versailles. Windstar powerhouses. 2007 Street Sense, standing at Darley Stud, Lexington, Kentucky. 2006 Bernardini, Darley, Wow, Darley might be powerhouses. They might be taking a wind start down the road. Flower Alley in 2005 at Three Chimneys in Kentucky in Midway. 2004, Birdstone Gainsway Farm in Lexington. Here was one of my favorites. Ten Most in 2003, Santa McGalley Farm, Santa Ynez, California. 2002, Medallia Dior at Darley in Lexington. So there's a little touch of, where everybody's at, what's going on and then in 1995 Thunder Gulch standing at Ashford sale, sire of point given. So, uh, so Thunder Gulch holds a, holds a real sweet spot in my heart there. So the kid laid it out there and also laying it out there, there is a one million dollar guaranteed pick four for everyone out there. Also there's a registration over for the NHC tour free online tournament Sign us being accepted for the Traverse Stakes online challenge. Online handicapping tournament free to all NHC Tour members takes place this Saturday, August 28th. The top three finishers receive a guaranteed berth in the million-dollar DRF NTRA Handicapping Championship. You can bet I'm going to be in on that one. It is a freebie, and I'll tell you what, they come around very, very rare. And out this break here with this one, the seven virtues of betting horses and this comes off to from the blog off to a flying start I really like reading around here and I'm gonna run right right down and I go with diligence he does the homework comes up with possible winning horses if he loses then at least he has a reason why he lost so diligence temperance under gluttony There are bets I don't make I'd hold my need for action in check don't succumb to peer pressure just say no very nice charity which Could be the seven deadly sins, and it goes under greed. Sometimes I feel like my pick can't lose. I will generally share it with friends, spouse, or whoever's standing next to me. Occasionally, my sure thing happens to lose. Even then, I remind myself that I can't win every race and try not to blame the horse jockey or take it out on the nearest trash receptacle. Chastity, lust. Horses are wonderful, beautiful, and alluring animals. That doesn't mean I bet half a paycheck on one everything in moderation patience with wrath when my horse is a tough trip or bad beat I remind myself of the possible juicy price the next time out kindness and envy when I show real cheer and enthusiasm for a friend's winning bet even said friend berates me for not taking their advice always be kind and humility similar to the virtue of kindness at the track humility is trying to scale back the times I say I gave you the try when I'm holding the winning ticket. So there are the seven virtues of betting horses. That was off to a flying start. A really cool blog. I'd like to read what everybody else has got on their mind. Well, it is time to head out to a break. And when we return, we're going to do some final furlong handicapping here on Winning Ponies.
5: 7 P.M. Eastern to the Voice America Sports Channel.
1: The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a five ball deep right field. That goes O'Neill. He's at the, shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. To left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here.
0: From high school to the pros, we, we, cover we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports.
2: You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com.
3: Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. This is Final Furlong Handicapping here. Had a great show thus far, talked about winning ponies, recap the biggins, Patty Cooksey online, the Cincinnati Kid, news from around the world of racing, which is always interesting. Now it is that time where we put our feet to the fire and we go white knuckle handicapping, and we're going to start on Saturday. Yep, Saturday is where we always begin. Well, mostly we begin. Sometimes we kick in a little Friday action. Who knows? Check out the blog. You might have some free picks for tomorrow matter of fact I guarantee you will. Let's start on Saturday the 8th at Saratoga. A mile and a sixteenth on the inner turf. The Boston Spa, grade two. Mile and a sixteenth on the Weeds. Phillies and Mare three and upward here. this is a nice grade two race and it kind of gets your uh, your palate ready for the uh, big million dollar pick four which begins in race number nine. I'm gonna go with the ten Mekong Melody an Irish bred Johnny Velasquez for Roger Adfield who is actually Four starts, two wins a second and a third, which means four for four in the money, one for one in two thousand and ten, won the dance smartly, wins by a nose in Canada going a mile and an eighth, but this time going to go a mile and sixteen he 's going to back off a little bit. this five year old mayor by Cape Cross really looks good. Mekong Melody, Johnny Velasquez, the ten hole will ensure that you 're going to get a great piece of action at the window. Race number nine at Saratoga, the one million dollar late pick four. We're also going to toss together a pick four for you. In here, I like the seven. That is my top pick beyond all boundaries. Calvin Burrell, Tom Amos, and uh, four for five in the money for the three-year-old filly by Saint Liam, and uh, only one bad race, but that was on the poly track at Arlington Park, in the synthetic surface, I should say. And every other race is very honest, as three-year-old filly. But in here. That's my top pick is the seven, but in the ninth race, as we're doing our million-dollar pick four, I go one-seven-nine. The one is Kid Kate, Edgar Prado for the red-hot Chad Brown, and then we use the seven Beyond All Boundaries. And the nine, Katie Now, Johnny Velasquez, and Todd Pletcher teaming up on the daughter of Tiz Now after uh, exiting the Mother Goose against Devil May Care. So, ninth race, I go one, seven, and nine. That's the first leg. Tenth race at Saratoga, we got the seven furlong ballerina. And this is a very nice race, grade one, seven panels. In here, there's two horses for me. And this is only going to go too deep in here. And uh, my top pick is going to be the five qualia. And it's Rajiv Moral for Roberto. Robert Robardo, excuse me, uh, is six for six in the money. Uh, the only thing keeping this four year old Philly undefeated is uh, second by a head and second by a neck. We're going to go two deep in here. Raji Murad aboard this uh, fantastic Philly, qualia. And I'm also going to throw in the one rightly so. Uh, Tony Dutro and Cornelio Velasquez have uh, been working very regular in the morning. And uh, the rail has been doing incredibly well at Saratoga, winning about 20%. So I'm going to go five and one in the 10th race at Saratoga 11th race the third leg is the seven furlongs Net Jet Kings Bishop, grade one, seven panels once again. My top pick in here is going to be the three, Defunny Bone. Edgar Prado and uh, Dick Dutrow, they team up one-for-one at Saratoga. Made a middle move last time out in the carryback on six furlongs at Calder. And run a dirty second as the beaten favorite. Beaten favorites are one to come back and play again. Three-year-old Colt by the Wildcat, stretching out to seven furlongs where... He is four for four. That's four starts and four wins. But also for our pick four, I like to funny bone, and I'm going to toss in two more. We're going to go three deep in this race. I like to funny bone the three, and then go to the five bulldogger, Martin Garcia and Bob Baffert. They threw some incredible numbers, dismissed that poly track race for the pro ride service at Santa Anita. But take a look at Saratoga, two for two. Garcia and Bullet Bob. Bob's winning thirty-three percent up there. And I'll tell you what, if they don't get rid of that polytrack soon, he'll be out of California. And I also like Bank Merger, the six, Alan Garcia for Kieran McLaughlin. Two for two, one for one at Saratoga. So in the eleventh race, the Kings Bishop, I go three, five, and six. Twelfth race is the Travers. It's a grade one. We're gonna go four deep in here, this mile and a quarter race. Just like the kid said, I love the two, that's Trap Shot. Trap Shot waited and rallied. I don't think he could have beat Looking at Lucky last time out, but he just took off in another gear, 3 old Colt by Tappet, found his running in the Haskell Invitational Grade 1 at Monmouth on August 1st, and found another gear and took off and jumped and tried to come at Looking at Lucky in the final strides. I see Trap Shot getting a really good trip at 4-1. to one. That's my top pick in here. We're also going to go with three others in here for a total of four deep. I like the two trap shot with the five, the lukewarm favorite, seven and two, a little warm, Tony Dutro and Johnny Velasquez. Everybody in the world is talking about this three-year-old Colt. A little warm is getting more talk, and it's really making me scratch my head. I don't know if, if he's uh, actually seasoned enough for some of these individuals here, but a little warm has done nothing wrong, and the numbers speak volumes. So I've got two, five, and then we're going to go through two more in there for a total of four horses. And that i go to the six, icebox Julian Lepru, a downtown closer who can get in the game late. In the eight, Fly down with Jose Loscano and Nikki Zito. So I'm going to go 179 with the 15, with the 356, with the 2568 for a $72 total ticket in the million dollar pick four. 10th race in Monmouth is the restoration. I like the two. Bo Choi in a mile and an 8th turf race here. Jersey Joe Bravo and Barkley tag team up. In the 10th in Monmouth, Bo Choi is the winner. 11th race at Monmouth. The Miss Woodford, I like the four. Starlight, Starbright, Eddie Castro and Tom Amos teaming up on six panels here. Perfect record, 7 for 7 in the money for Starlight, Starbright in the 11th race at Monmouth. Race number four at Del Mar, and we got the delmar mile handicap it 's a mile on the weeds here. very nice race indeed. I like the seven bruce 's dream now you 're going to get some in here that are going to disagree with this Garrett gomez three off the three off the shelf here, and I like that California dream this is a cowbred running running against some other out, uh, outstanding runners indeed, but I like bruce 's dream Garrett Gomez is three for three aboard this or the Philly is uh, Uh, Is three for three at Delmar on the weeds. Bruce's Dream, the seven horse in the fourth at Delmar. Eighth race at Delmar, and that is going to be the Pacific Classic, and I like the seven. Hold me back. You got a poly track specialist. I heard Billy Mott say it in the lane's end at Turfway Park. I've got me a poly track horse here. Hold me back in the eighth race at Delmar, the Pacific Classic. Going to beat the favorites, and you're going to get it with Hold Me Back. Then on Sunday, you've got two races to go here. The 10th race at Saratoga, a mile and a quarter, the personal ensign. And you just don't beat Rachel Alexandra. And if they do, they're going to beat my ticket. I use Rachel over persistently in class of 63, the two over the three five. And then also on Sunday, a mile and three eighths, the Delmar Handicap. Winner in that race and the Delmar Handicap on Sunday is Champ Pegasus, Joel Rosario, and Dick Mandela. Champ Pegasus in the eighth race on Sunday at Del Mar. Well, time flies when you're talking thoroughbred racing. Winning ponies would like to thank Patty, PJ, Patricia, Cooksey, the Cincinnati Kid, and especially you for tuning in. So until next week when the action will be right here, same place, same time, may your winners be many and your photos be few. Good luck and good night, everyone
2: thanks for listening to winning ponies with ed meyer we know the information from today's show will help you at the next post keep listening for more next thursday at 8 p.m eastern time 5 pacific on the voice america sports network